Traveling the Vortex. We've joined Romana as she governs Gallifrey and arrive at episode number 449. Free bird! I mean, free time! I'm Keith. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Gwen. How are you guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. Did you guys have a good week? Sure. <laughs> I don't know what I did, but I had a good week. I had a nice long weekend. Why'd you have a nice long weekend? Because I had a oh, Veterans Day off. Oh, that must be nice. Government <laughs> workers. Yep. Good old government work. Bank holiday. Four-day work week this week. Four-day work week last week because I took a day off in the middle. Worked on leaves only to go pick up Gemma and come home and have it look like I didn't do a darn <laughs> thing. <laughs> Mine's the only tree in the neighborhood that's still holding on to hers. Even with this cold snap, huh? Yep. Ours I'm gave sure up those. I'm sure they'll come down probably the next day or two now. But Did you guys watch anything this week? I watched Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. How is it? It's good. And yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the bottom line for me is that until we get Jim Cameron back in the director's chair, I know it's not going to be the Terminator film I want. And Even so he came back as producer. Coming back as producer and co-writer is kind of like, oh, cool. But I'm still kind of stealing myself for the. This isn't going to be it, you know. And it's very much one of those. It's it's a it's a good action movie. It's not necessarily a great Terminator movie. The uh, the new model is really overpowered. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the relentless nature of the Terminator it keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming and at about the halfway point you're going okay I give up how are you going to kill this thing because you can't there's no way you're going to be able to win but you know Linda Hamilton it was cool to see her back and they did some some interesting things um, story wise to kind of you know it's it's really a direct sequel to two it kind right. of doesn't acknowledge the rest of them and with a time travel premise, you know, you can do that. It's just, okay, I'm going to write that off as not canon for this particular go-around. <laughs> but I'd made the comment to, to Mel afterwards that, uh, uh, you know, this was enjoyable, but I almost wish that we would have gotten a continuation of the Genesis story um, because I was really intrigued with how that one was, was going to roll forward. And then, of course, it didn't perform well either. But Dark Fate's not performing well either, so mm. which is really kind of a shame, but... And then uh, Saturday, when it was nice, I got my Christmas lights hung. That's what I did on Saturday, or Sunday. Sunday I did mine on Sunday. Got them all put up. I haven't turned them on. But yeah. My, I, I turned them on to make sure they Just to worked, check them. Yeah. Right, me too. Check I, them out in I the I figured dark. this would be the probably our last good weekend to do it. So Yeah. Yeah, the girls kind of laughed at me when they were talking about, oh, we need to decide what colors we're going to do and all this stuff. And I said, if you get it done by Saturday morning, I'll put them up. Like, you want to put them up that early? It's just going to be nice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are damn skippy. I'm going to put them up early. I, yeah. I don't have to light them, but they're going to be hung. All right. Well, did you watch anything? I did not. All right. Let's move on to news, right? News. <laughs> are you sure? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
We can uh, move on to whatever you want to move on to. Glenn. <laughs> whatever order you want. You just let us know. News sounds good. Big Finish has announced that on the next First Doctor Adventures, that's the ones with David Bradley and company, he is going to return to Scarrow. Bum, face bum, the Daleks again. I'm fairly excited by that. Yeah, me too. Return me to too. Scarrow, written by Andrew Smith. Andrew Smith? Mm-hmm. Not a name I recognize. No, I, I was just thinking... A pseudonym for Matt Smith. He doesn't think we'll notice, but <laughs> <laughs> we're on to you, buddy. I've really enjoyed these box sets, so um, the fact that they're adding Daleks into the mix, I think, is a good a good addition. Oh, good. The other story in the box set is the last of the Romanovs. Ooh, yeah. So they always do a f- space future story and a historical, kind of like the classics, the first series did, bouncing back and forth. So. They make sure to do that in every single box set, too. Very cool. And that's it, other than, you know, Edge of Time releases tomorrow, or yesterday, depending on when this drops. (laughs) (laughs) And they announced a nice little teaser for November 23rd to watch the YouTube space. Anyone want to take bets? I have no idea. Holiday special. Which holiday? Easter. President's Day? (laughs) Easter Saturday. (laughs) No, I think it'll be... uh, I've seen some people speculating they think it's going to be a Christmas special. And I just don't have enough faith in the BBC's ability to keep a secret that (laughs) that we haven't heard that by now. So I think it's likely that it'll be a New Year's special, and that way they can say, well, we told you it was coming back in 2020. Well... I mean that's just a week different weeks difference. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean what why <laughs> why why do you think their ability to keep a secret one extra week is better than being able to keep a Christmas? Cuz it's not Christmas. Uh, okay. I think they're just going to announce a trailer and a release date of very early 2020 like Mid-January will be when the show comes back. Oh, that early? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you think? I think so. Oh. 2020 is an Olympic year, isn't it? Uh, well, is yeah, it, every every every, yeah. Uh, uh, every even is. Well, yeah, I guess now. every even is, yeah. I'm, st- I'm old school, it used to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to have to really wait. Is it summer or winter Olympics? Um I have no idea. I don't I don't follow Olympics so I have no idea. Twenty sixteen was summer, I think. And we just came off the winter. Twenty twenty is summer. So this will be summer again. So it would make sense from a we don't want to compete with Oh I see that yeah, that yeah. it would not be a summer uh, season. Yeah. That's where I was going with that one. So I got you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, it's I'm a roundabout way of I'm getting there. Now, yeah. <laughs> I took the long way round, but well, we'll all wait anxiously for Doctor Who Day. Is it the anniversary the announcement? yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really have. I, I don't even. Well, those are good good guesses. That's better than anything I'd come up with. They're gonna they're gonna announce John Sims back as the master. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's it for news. This year's just been intolerable, hasn't it? This has been a long year with no who. Has it? Felt like it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we had who this year, but it's true. (sighs) (laughs) So long ago. (laughs) Barely. So long ago. Like, I know we've had gap years before, and it, it, it seemed like it was a long wait then, but this one, man, this feels like a long wait. Yeah. I'd like to think it's going to be worth it. Knock on wood. All right, well, let's move on to feedback. Feedback this week comes in from Jameson, and it's going to be pushed next week because Jameson... Uh, very uh, kindly uh, skipped ahead, knowing that we were going to be reviewing what we're reviewing and uh, sent us some very nice feedback about it. But because it's uh, uh, covering the box set, which we're going to split up, we're just going to save it to next week and cover everything then. All right. Well, I guess we'll move on to reviews then. Weapon of choice. The doctor is gone forever, Lila's husband is missing, and Romana's presidency is under threat. The Time Lords are now part of a coalition of temple powers, along with less ancient civilizations, such, such as the Monin Host, the Nekastani, and the Warpsmiths of Phaedon. Together, they curtail the efforts of a less deserving species from making any major breakthroughs with time travel technology. Those that do are often shunted to a miserable little world called Gryben. Some refugees on Gryben wish to strike back at their oppressors by forming a terrorist organization called Free Time. They weren't taken seriously by the temporal powers until a rumor surfaced that they had acquired a top-secret and highly unstable Time Lord weapon called the Timonic Fusion Device. A mysterious information dealer named Mephistopheles Arcadian won't reveal what he knows. Bum, bum, bum. And that was the shorter of the synopses <laughs> that I found. The publisher got really long-winded. So there's a lot to like. And there's a little bit to not like. <laughs> I'm going to focus on the negatives first. I hate the theme song. It sounds like Torchwood. It's Torchwood Light. And it just needed to be... This is Gallifrey, we needed some pipe organ, and it needed to be very stuffy and full of itself and pompous, and instead we got this almost Torchwood theme, and it just, it threw me right off the bat that, okay, this isn't, it's not what I wanted, <laughs> not what I was expecting. Um, and then the, the, the framework and again, I, I, I know I have problems with these, so I really tried to rework this in my head so it didn't come out as nitpicky. But I know that the way these box sets are structured, now that we've gone through a few of these, that the first story is going to lay some of the groundwork for things to come. And the idea that Leela's husband is missing, presumed dead, but we're not really going to talk about it, <laughs> infuriates me. To no end, because, well, you'll well, we find out. we don't know out. how long she's been missing. That's just it. Or he's is, been missing. Leela makes it sound like it's been long enough that she's ready to move on and, and abandon Time Lord Society and go live with the, the hermits. 
but it doesn't sound like there's been any investigation or that she's been stymied from conducting one, and worse, that Romana's kind of sort of in on it. And again, I don't know where this is going because I haven't listened to the rest of these sets, so there's all these questions, and I'm like, okay. But when you start off with that and then you don't answer that question for me, I have now, you, you've put Romana in this off-light that, you know, I don't want Romana to be a suspect. And it, it almost seems like she, she knows more than she's letting on, and I don't like that. I don't like to think of her in, 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 in ill terms. And you started off the box set with putting me in that. I was like, mm. See, I got the impression that she, Leela at least, had exhausted all her avenues to try to find him. And while Romana may have some information she didn't want to share, I, did, I didn't necessarily get the impression that she was implicit in the disappearance, just more of she had some information, but it, she can't share it, or it would go above Leela's head or something, something along those lines. Maybe I put more faith in Romana than you are. I want to, <laughs> but I, you know, this is obviously a little different Romana than where we last saw her as well. I mean, she's, I don't want to say stuffy, but she's kind of in some ways fallen back into the Time Lord society well, and very things much that are expected last, of her. The very, it's very much the last Romana we heard in audio. Yeah. In the main range. Uh, like this mentioned Zagreus. Um, on the heels of that, plus the apocalypse element. I mean, it's it's definitely in line with that Romana as opposed to the Romana that traveled with the Fourth Doctor. Right. Yeah. And that does take some getting used to because you kind of have to... Sh- shift gears to put your mind back in that mindset because it's been so long since we've listened to the audio Romana. That is also true. What threw me a little bit was Leela, not so much in this one, but the next story. And I'll get to that when we get there. She seems like she's playing it or was written a lot younger than I thought Leela should have been. Why? Just the way it was written and the way she kind of performed it, made it seem like she was, f- they, they, they talked to her so much about, talked to her about her so much like the savage. And I guess I had gotten the impression some from this story that she had grown and become a bit more educated throughout the time. I guess still in comparison to Gallifrey and she's still a savage, but yeah. I just, I don't know. It's something about it struck me. Like it was a uh, Leela fresh off of traveling the Doctor, as opposed to one who had been on Gallifrey for who knows how long. I I, I kind of agree. There were a couple of lines, um, specifically, that um, well, the one Romana defends her when she says she may be a savage, but she's not stupid. I like that. Which I liked that, but there was another one, and I don't remember now who said it or even which story it was in. But it was something to the effect of um, you still have much to learn or you don't know as much as you think you do. I mean, it was it was something along those lines that they were kind of cutting her down for not being as with it as she, she should be. It might have even been canine that said it to her. Um, and it, it, just, it just kind of was like, I, I felt like that line was there meaning to go, she's an earlier version of Leela versus the... Um, you know the the one that we know 
that she'll become eventually. Right. But um, then that kind of goes back to the, well, how long has your husband been missing? <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I I don't know. I want a time frame. I want to know when this is set. But those were those are the end of my nitpicks. I, everything else I thought was pretty oh, those enjoyable. Are pretty small things to nitpick, yeah. nitpick about. I didn't have a problem with any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> I had a problem with it's the. It's actually it's a good story. I really enjoyed the story. I enjoyed revisiting Ramana and 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 uh, Leela and and uh, the dueling canines is great. <laughs> Braxia Hell's return. Yeah, I, I, I. There's too much political. It's it's mired too much in politics, particularly in this story, and I, even even in the next one, it kind of gets just weighted down in a lot of that. And there's just not a lot. I got often I got confused to what was going on, and I think they're having too many different groups, allies, also kind of muddied the waters for me, and and being able to follow along what's going on and who's who and who's the bad guys and who's you know the good guys, and I mean, all in all, there's no group that's the bad guy. They're all in it for their own you know selves and then and to their best interest, um, ultimately, but. I just I got I got it. There's times where it gets kind of mind-numbingly, and and to the point where I'm hearing so much political babble that I kind of end up tuning out. Then oh oh something exciting is happening now. Okay, you know anytime we go back to Leela, there's something you know because she is you know more of that not a simpleton but a you know simpler person, simpler minded. Um, a woman of action. Yeah, and so you know I always found myself getting back into the story whenever something happening with her but um so that was really my only complaint about it is just there there's i know where they're doing i know where they're going with this they're framing it around this you know i don't know where they're going but i mean obviously <laughs> obviously they're framing it around all of all of this uh, the uh mired in politics and, uh, and gallifrey and these other systems but obviously some sort of plot to try to remove romana yeah, from office yeah. that, uh, they they hinted to that coming so well, and is there anybody here who's not suspicious of her staff at this point? I mean, like, right off the bat, it's like, you're a terrible time lord, you're a terrible time lord, uh, you're all out to get her, right? <laughs> and she's just very trusting, and I kind of kept waiting for the shoe to drop, and I, I'm, I'm hoping that Romana will r- reveal that, of course, she had a plan for that contingency, and that she knew it, and she was just waiting to, you know, she was giving them enough rope to hang themselves. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I will be very, I will be very disappointed if she's blindsided by that in <laughs> in the fourth episode. Because <laughs> really, <laughs> the only person I would trust in that office at this point is K Nine and and Leela. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had Braxy tell around for a while, so I, he's unlike Narvin and Torval, who I don't think we've met pre- before this. It's someone that you know. Yeah, obviously, I think it was this story that kind of reveals that Narvin is the one wanting to do the inquiry behind it all and, you know, is the one trying to backstab her, so. But Braxiatel, I don't know, for some reason I just instinctively kind of trust more, maybe just because I've encountered him in other stories. I don't know. If there's one thing that uh, dozens of... uh... Gallifrey stories throughout the TV show have taught me it's don't trust any nope <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the story too it's 
it's fun to have Leela and Armana together working together and having the canines and I can see what you're saying Glenn a little bit about the getting mired in the politics it's more trying to get your footing in the politics and once I once I got my footing there and kind of figured out who the players were and kind of where how things are I didn't have any issues I didn't get confused or didn't feel very lost while listening to it but it, 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 there is a little bit of that trying to figure out who's who going into it, especially with all the new characters they're introducing in this story. I think that might be the downside of it, is there's too many new characters mm-hmm. to try to keep track of and where they're going and what they're doing, as opposed to keeping the cast a small and building as it goes. Uh, might have been a better way to go about it. Yeah, the um, it <coughs> it reminded me a little bit of... Um, the Star Wars prequels mm-hmm. and um, and Phantom Menace specifically. And while that movie gets a bad rap for so many things, one of the things that I genuinely enjoy about it is the political maneuvering. I, I love watching Palpatine work. And so this, I felt kind of had shades of that where it was, we're, we're, we're setting up the, the, the players and here's the bigger issues at stake and this, you know, time travel conference, which totally makes sense that there would be this, it's not just Gallifrey policing the, the universe and, and looking for illegal time travel that they would have. Well, and the idea that they're shunting these people off to a planet anytime they sense or can track a time shift and then they likely get stranded there. I think that's a pretty pretty clever idea and a world that you could have explored a little bit more uh, than they did. Yeah. I would have liked a lot more about the, the, the planet and how how that's helpful. I mean, other than other than just the, you know, okay, we cleaned it up. We prevented them. It's very Time Lord. We're just going to sweep it under the carpet and forget about it, you know. But you could have done almost a whole series of stories about the the the, the planet and the you know what is it what is it like to grow up there and know that you're stuck on this backwater that you can't leave and um you know is it is it isolated in time is there a time lock is that why nobody can get off i mean could you just take a rocket like a non-time travel ship and fly somewhere or are you I mean, there's so many okay cool tell me more about this yeah. that, that we didn't quite get into because well it's just not important for the the sake of the story that we are telling but the the number of characters was a bit daunting and because of that alliance um which i can only assume that somebody somewhere did advocate to have the daleks come to the table as a time travel race <laughs> and everybody just looked at them like really and i was like well you know we've got to start somewhere so maybe there's an empty chair in my head, there's a there's a spot. <laughs> well, there's plenty of references to them. So for 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 the one group that's never going to show up, <laughs> they'll be like Russia. We're we're not going to veto anything. We're just not going to bother appearing. <laughs> the UN, but yeah, the the number of characters was a little daunting initially. But like you, I I got there in the end. Let's talk canine. I want to talk how awesome the canine is. <laughs> two canines talking to each other and the superiority complex <laughs> that Romana's canine had which honestly Mark II. I didn't get until well into the second story because he kept referring to the Mark 1 as the inferior canine unit and I was like man you're just really 
jab, jab, jab. But then I realized, oh, well, yeah, he is technically an <laughs> inferior unit. Got the upgrade. You got the upgrade. You got the software patch. So, um, Although the other one never got laryngitis, so I don't know. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed by John Leeson's performances between the two of them because I can, even when listening to them, I can tell which one's which. Yeah. Even when they're talking to each other. Yeah. I was, I'm impressed. And it still sounds like canine no matter what. And it still sounds like canine. Absolutely. Huh. You know, another strike against him is, is canine uh, Mark II did trundle off into the uh, Brighton Beach Bay after a beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> canine Mark I never did that. That's true. <laughs> it does make you kind of pine for the days of when uh, Elizabeth Slayton was still around if there was a chance that they could do all three of them and have oh. all three canines <laughs> yeah. that would have been awesome well you know we've had <laughs> we've had the five doctors and the five companions and the three doctors and there's a three companion isn't there there's a five companions but not a three. I don't think there's a three companion. We've had the two brigadiers, so surely somebody somewhere could write the three canines. <laughs> this can't be that unusual of a request. Somebody somewhere has thought of this, right? But no, the uh, the interplay between them was great, and there were, I, I just I had a big smile on my face listening to this story, mainly because I was sitting there thinking to myself, "Man, Keith must have loved this." <laughs> <laughs> just. Just ear to ear. Yeah. I can see Keith. <laughs> there was some great squeen going he's, on. He's fist pumping right now. <laughs> yeah. And they're so integral to the plot, too. They're not mm -hmm. just there because you ask fan service. They actually contribute a decent amount to what's going on. And it would have been easy to kind of write them off as the show did so frequently. Oh, yeah. But, nope. Very important. A small thing, a Timonic fusion device. <laughs> the name of it sounds like something out of Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> I, I, I can't take it seriously. <laughs> maybe that's just me. I don't know. They could have come up with a better name, I think. <laughs> I know Time Bomb is too simple, but come on. <laughs> the orphaned explosion yeah, of all the you know of course this is before rtd and his amazing <laughs> time lord title name stuff but you know surely they could have come up with something a little bit better the garage door opener of rassilon <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um i, I kind of thought about that and for his I'm I'm willing to bet this thing's a MacGuffin. I don't think. Oh, it definitely was in this story. Yeah, I, for, for the whole, the fact that it disappears at the end of it, and they're still kind of, oh, what happened? Yeah, I don't buy it. That's, <laughs> this is this is a completely non sequitur piece of information that is not important. It just, I don't I don't buy it at all. I'll be proven wrong, obviously, in the fourth installment. They'll be held hostage because of this thing. <laughs> Having just started part three, it's a very big question of if it exists or not so you know <laughs> well should we move on to square one sure it's too late 
Time is coming for us. In a climate of unease and mistrust, the great time-traveling powers of the universe are holding an historic temporal summit. The meeting will take place on a planned planetoid impervious to outside attack or internal subversion. But while Re President Romano walks knife-sharp walks a knife-sharp political tightrope into dangerous territory, Leela and Canine find themselves attending the summit in unexpected roles. They are hunting for evidence of free-time activity, but find instead terrors of a different kind, time and time again. Yeah, bum bum bum. Was... I enjoyed this story and was really confused when time restarted <laughs> the first time. Um... So I had previously listened to Weapon of Choice, but I don't think I had actually listened to this one. I fell off after the first one for no no fault of the stories. That being said, this story is very, very familiar. Maybe not so much the time travel part of it, but the fake summit while the real summit's going on. Hasn't Big Finish done this before? Wasn't there a story... It like there was a... Uh... Seventh Doctor and Mel story. Was that Bang Bang a Boom? Yeah, Bang Bang a Boom. I think a similar thing going on. Where the event they were at isn't the real summit; it's right. just a fake one. It was, just, it was a sham. Well, of course, in that one, it was more of a for for like uh, television sake or for you know broadcast sake. Right. And then there was really an actual conference going on behind the scenes. Yeah, maybe that's what I because that title well, kept popping into my head. Technically what this was I mean Romani even says far from the the press and the prying eyes of the other delegates the real conference right, is right. happening so we knew this one was all put on um kind of the same reaction I, I I enjoyed this one I was extremely confused when time reset until I realized what they were doing because my first reaction was what the and my second reaction was oh no you're gonna make me sit through another time loop <laughs> again but then it very quickly became, well, at least we're glossing over parts of it and we're not yeah. going to rehash the whole thing. That's what I thought I liked about it was the yeah. fact that we didn't have to go through everything, every step-by-step step over again, and so I appreciated that. And then even better was the fact that it changed each loop, and it was mm -hmm. like, oh. Yeah, something different. Okay, here. so we're, we're getting a, that, that was cool. Um, once again, the two canines were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and being able to uh, subvert the security that couldn't be subverted. Um, Lila was great in the story, too. Lila was fantastic. I also like the explanation for why the canines didn't necessarily sense the the loop happening. or have uh, there, was, there was an easy out there, I thought, and I'm glad that they didn't take that, and that's because they were both connected to uh, that planetoid database and so because they were part of the reset it didn't they didn't you know there the, what's the uh, star trek one where there's the loop and they realize that data data is actually uh oh where they're the, sending him the, messages yeah the key um, of it because you know binarily he's collecting the cause and effect cause and effect yeah um uh, so there there was that and uh, they they so easily could have gone there with this and i kept thinking okay well this is where they're going to go. But I like the, the explanation for why something like that can't happen in this instance worked for me. So and and even the, uh, it, it was a little hand wavy, but also the idea that because K9 was there with the photos, that's how they survived into the next loop. Yeah. They were, and they were 
close enough to the shift. Yeah, too. and then yeah. uh, Alila was with him on the second shift, right. so that's why she remembered it, even though everything should have reason. It was like, okay, that's kind of clever. I'll, yeah. I'll give you points for that. And you're right. It's a little hand-wavy, but it it worked. It worked well. The idea that um, Leela is supposed to be an exotic dancer. <laughs> Exotic? Exotic. I, I went through a whole range of guffawing, just absolute laughter that this is how, the, you know, where you're going with this, to being genuinely upset that Romana would pull this on her. Like, really? That's, that, that's so not cool. To being a little angry that, you know... <laughs> Wow, that's sexist. <laughs> just, I don't know. I, I just I kind of went through a whole range with it, and then kind of got back to the laughter when, um, you know. And I thought Leela, well, first of all, Louise Jamison handled it great, but I thought Leela handled it great with doing the "I will do the fire dance" of you know the seven team, and I mean, just she she justified and rationalized everything uh, in a satisfactory way to to make it work. It yeah. was another thing that didn't set well with me, and it. Is, there is a lot. There's a lot of sexism in these two stories, and not, not so much in the first one, but something that set me that just hit me wrong was when the gal that that uh, ends up dying that that set up the whole uh, weapon thing in the beginning. She ends up she oh, end the, up, fr- the free time woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The free time woman. She ends up taking her life. Bono and two of the. Uh, I don't even know who said it, but somebody said, "Oh, she wasn't bad looking either." I mean, it was something to that that intent. Oh yeah. And I thought that was completely a comment that was unnecessary yeah. to this story because you're doing all this in audio, and it, it there. I mean, if it, if it had something to do with like her beauty for her or her allure was part of the story or something like that, but it never the, was. The it. only tie-in was the fact that she was also an exotic dancer. And I mean. so when to mention that was just, I thought, well, that, and then in this one, yeah, just going the whole route of, of these, you know, diplomats getting to bring their own dancers for their entertainment. I just, that's, that kind of set me, that set wrong with me. Yeah. I was, I was a little bothered by that. I grant this came out, what, 2004 and, We've come a long way since then, so <laughs> we'll see if they continue down the <laughs> sexist lines. So there was that, um, but uh, other than that, I, I I found the majority of it to be be quite enjoyable. Um, I liked the fact that Romana kind of comes running to the rescue herself. Yeah. And I wished there had been a moment because I'm I'm trying to visualize this in my head. That the Romana in in the first episode has, you know, she's the president. She's got this position of authority and of power, and she's kind of acclimated herself back into Time Lord society, even though she's obviously a bit of a rebel, um, you know, and, and a, a I don't want to say a revolutionary, but a <laughs> she she's a liberal, you know, <laughs> with some of her policies and progressive, progressive. Thank you, yeah. uh, with, with with how they're looking at things. So then when she goes into the TARDIS and lands and is accosted by the, the servitor robot and she takes off running and I wanted a comment because in my head I'm trying to visualize if she's in the full-blown Time Lord regalia. Does she have the headdress and the, you know, we always see them lounging around but yet they're still pompous. 
and I, I wanted to know if, you know, is, is she still Romana? Is she still picking her own outfits and, you know, things that appeal to her and are, are very functional? Or has she kind of going, well, I'm not going to be running down any corridors today, so I'm, I'm wearing the whole... And I wanted a comment from her about that. <laughs> we did get the comment from Leela earlier on that she wasn't going to wear those ridiculous outfits. Yes. <laughs> Which is, I think, what planted that seed, actually, yeah. that I was like, well, yeah. she, she's, she's converted. But... I presume she had the robes on. I don't imagine she had the full ornate headdress. That's, only, think, that's only for ceremonious. Yeah, I think the headdress yeah. is pretty ceremonial, but unless you're Rassilon and then you sleep in it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the overall resolution felt a little rushed. I know once the reveal happened, and you know they had to rush back to the TARDIS, to, and it just that's what fixed it was they got inside the TARDIS and. It therefore did not set back time. And then once time didn't slip back, it didn't feel like really they resolved a situation of other than reveal, well, this was a fake conference anyways, it doesn't matter. That part felt a little bit like, really, we sat through all of this, people died, came back to life because time went back, but they still died, and none of it really mattered because it wasn't the actual conference. And there wasn't really any ramifications of what happened in the story. That was my, as much as I enjoyed the journey, once it got to that, I was like, oh, well, that was kind of a waste. It's a little bit extremist, where, oh, the whole thing was set in a simulation? Eh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Other, other than ferreting out who the, you know, guilty party was. And, and I liked even that, I didn't feel like was all that much of a surprise. And they spent so much time focusing on... The guilty party of who is turning back the time as opposed to who is committing these heinous crimes. I mean, there was yeah. Barno, the dancer woman, they, they kind of dealt with briefly and quickly. But then they spent a whole lot more time on the other woman who I thought sounded a lot like Romana and had to stop and think whenever she spoke to make sure it wasn't Romana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who was behind you know the time travel stuff to it. It just... I don't know, the resolution... I think they were trying to do too many things and that if the murders and everything was happening from the person who was setting back time, it would have made things a little cleaner. But I like the motivation that she was turning back time to try to make it all go smoothly. Yeah. That was nice. I just think maybe the smooth things should not, or the bumps should not have been as extreme as death <laughs> in order to, you know, figure to, to solve factor into everything i also kind of felt that there were i I sort of like when when uh things that come to the conclusion are telegraphed early on in the story but i almost felt they were a little too heavy-handed the gal that uh was a barnum yeah they uh had all the different suitcases yeah i thought was she smuggling something on well it ended up being the servo units of this robot that she was disguised as and the other one was when Romana and uh, Leela early on are talking about, or Romana's telling her about the, the gal that's over this, the moderator gal, I can't remember her name, the one that ends up being the one setting time yeah, back. Yeah, right. That, you know, she intentions are always good, and she's a, and, and Leela, I think, is the one that makes a comment about those are the ones that you have to watch out for. So I'm paraphrasing, but it's something to that that, that extent. And so I kind of felt like, oh, okay, well, this person's obviously going to be on in on whatever's happening that is so both of those to me i was already um uh, 
suspicious of these mm-hmm. characters even before we got into the meat of, of what was going on. And so I kind of felt that that was a little too telegraphed a little too heavily early on because then it didn't end up being much of a surprise to me when it is disclosed that those guys are in on something. So Yeah, I, I suspected her very early on. And when she went to meet Romana and freaked out because, well, you're not supposed to be here. And then she kind of gets wind of it. She goes, well, I've got to go let everybody know. And runs off and leaves her in the hall. And then a servitor robot shows up to kill her. It's like, well, you're the only person who knew she was here. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. There's not much mystery left here, guys. Um, but yeah, same same with... Uh, I. Not only would the, the one woman sound like Romana, but the... Um, is it just me or were there two delicates... Um, there was the, the, the Mulan host and the, there was another one that sounded very yeah, similar. I, those are the two. The, the gal, I didn't think she sounded all that much like Ravana, but there were a couple of the delegates that I thought, I kept getting confused who was who. Can't keep them straight. Yeah. Well, they're all aliens we've never <clears throat> seen before either. I yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's not like one of them's a Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> I can identify those. But, you know, overall, it was still pretty good, still enjoyable. I'm curious to see where we go from here, even if the even if this particular story doesn't feel like it really went anywhere. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm having fun with them. Again, I, I, just to hear Lala Ward and, and um, Louise Jameson, you know, doing stuff again. And, then, and, and uh, you know, in a setting outside of, of their story, their, their characters in a setting outside of being, you know, with the doctor, I think is is really intriguing. Yeah, the the, the future of the companions. It's yeah, not something we've got to explore very often. It's That's what true. they've what they've done after they've left the doctor. Very true. I'm looking forward to finishing out the the volume mm-hmm. the series. Me too. We'll do that next week. And what else is on the schedule, Sean? Well, next week, uh, yes, we will be finishing Gallifrey series one with the Inquiry and a Blind Eye. The following week, we will be checking out the Macra Terror, at least supposedly. It has released, hasn't it? No, it comes out next week. It comes oh, no, it out. comes out tomorrow. Comes oh, it comes out, comes out tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, well, it comes out tomorrow. Then we will be checking that out <laughs> and uh, and reviewing it with animation um, uh, next week. And then uh, the following week, we are going to dip our toes. Well, we're not going to dip our toes because we're going to do the whole series. Uh, the War Doctor. Series 1 from Big Finish. Uh, all three of those stories, The Innocent, The Thousand Worlds, and The Heart of the Battle. And uh, that takes us into December. So the schedule, once again, is posted on the website, and you can check out there if you'd like to follow along. Now make sure you go to TravelingTheVortex.com for updates on the podcast at all times. And uh, while you're there, click on our patron link and consider supporting us. Thank you for those of you that are already supporting us. And remember, you can send your comments to feedback at travelingthevortex.com or by clicking on the Send Feedback link on the website. And until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.